This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. Hello everyone welcome back to another episode of Booty and the Binge my name is Jinu and with me i have my dear dear friend Adi hi adi hello everyone happy diwali in advance <laughs> happy diwali happy diwali for people who are joining us for the very first time uh, this is a podcast where uh, two queer people from india discuss things that are happening in their life things that are happening in the gay universe and then we also discuss a new queer show every week that you can binge over the weekend and at the end of the podcast we give you a verdict whether or not you can binge this show meaning we approve of this show or uh, is this show a booty uh, meaning you should maybe even pass over this show you don't need to watch it so uh, stick around to find out are you feeling festive adi i am feeling very festive right now there are a lot of fairy lights in my room um not that it's very different from rest of the year uh but uh, let's just say that it's festive it's feeling festive for now <laughs> nice thing yeah. and are you somebody who really enjoys festivals and really gets into the festive spirit or are you somebody who who's kind of like let me have a holiday and just relax what kind of a person are you so and i'm realizing this right now uh there are two kinds of festivals that i personally celebrate and um i can divide them in two buckets one which i celebrate with family and one which i celebrate with friends and as a queer individual i feel that the festivals that i celebrate with my family i don't land up celebrating them um the way that i want to for instance uh many a times i'm not really wearing the kind of clothes that i want to or just being myself being my queer self on the other hand festivals which i get to celebrate with my friends i get that kind of space where i can wear whatever i want to express myself um and you know live my queer self so i really like those and unfortunately diwali very clearly lies in the bucket which um you know where i need to be with my family and not just my own family but also my extended family and uh, for various reasons i'm not out to them and it becomes very difficult for me to navigate and like try to feel happy but at the same time try to keep others happy um and keep the customs right so i think that that happens with me a lot you are kind of like eric in nigeria right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah i feel yeah. like more or less the same like what you are saying so so diwali used to be one of my most favorite festivals growing up i was uh i i was a very faggy kid that way like a nerdy faggy kid i used to love making greeting cards and just sending them to people by post 
like <laughs> i don't know what yeah. feedback out got out of that but i used to make some really creative greeting cards and i would send it to uh, people by post even to people who were st- staying nearby in my neighborhood i wouldn't go to them and like deliver them those greeting cards i would send those to them by post and that was like a thing that i used to do but now that i realize uh, it was just a way uh, for my uh, creative output and i'm really glad that my parents never stopped me from doing all these weird things like rather they they would encourage me like uh, every greeting card i would make would be very unique to that person very personalized i don't know i think uh, queer people are really into sending gifts and wishes and those kind of things and customization of course so very generalization but still i feel like i fall into that category and yeah so that that i used to enjoy a lot uh, but as we grow up and as the uh, being different becomes like a, a shameful part of your personality uh, that kicks in and you stop doing all those things so that's what happened like after i feel like uh, 8 9 standard i kind of stopped doing all those things and then the festival just became boring like i i just do very basic things i just like hang out with family and eat a lot of sweets that's about it <laughs> but yeah i yeah, uh, yeah. i do enjoy uh, the decorations aspect of the festivals not just diwali all festivals yeah. i love decorating how you know you know talking about decorations i just realized one thing that how gendered uh, certain festivals in india are mm-hmm. uh, especially you know within hindu religion so for instance even in diwali there are a few things which need to be done by a woman and a few things which need to be done by a man and i have grown up with those kind of customs and rituals so for instance rangoli in the house would always be made by the females but uh, you know cracking the the the, the, the crackers uh, you know bursting the crackers uh, would be something that should be done by the males of the house yeah. and i grew up with that kind of conflict i loved making rangolis and um, i would uh, you know share all the colors with my sister and like uh, with my cousins with my female cousins and sit down and like make rangolis i would enjoy that a lot but whenever it used to come to bursting crackers i would never enjoyed that for some reason mm-hmm. and every everybody told me that oh you know what you not masculine enough to go and burst crackers mm-hmm. um you know and that became a very gendered activity so w- what are your thoughts do you feel that a festival like diwali is gendered in a lot of ways and like how is your experience being a queer person absolutely in fact this uh, exact thing that you said about rangoli so my mom is really big into making a very extravagant elaborate rangolis during diwali and i used to love helping her out and she never stopped me uh, uh, because i'm a guy i shouldn't participate in rangoli and all i used to uh, participate in that i used to actually uh, sometimes even make rangoli on my own but then i remember uh, we moved to mumbai and uh, first diwali in mumbai i was uh, uh, like helping my mom with rangoli right outside our door and i remember the watchman passed by and uh, he looked at me and he laughed and he went and it just stayed with me like i remember after that day uh, right now i'm realizing i have never participated in the rangoli of my house ever since that day 
and it's just a lot of internalized homophobia also like nobody has held my hand and told me not to do it but now that i have seen somebody laughing at me because i was doing that i somehow get really physically uncomfortable while doing it i shouldn't i totally shouldn't but yeah i yeah. completely agree with what you are saying also uh, you know not just uh, like just being with your family so how we celebrate diwali is that we do all our rituals and customs at home and then we go and meet other people and we go to their houses um and when all the kids like family friends and cousins they come together they all just split into like boys gang and girls gang and boys yeah. will start playing football and girls will sit down and chit chat and i always like sitting down with girls and just catching up on life um but you know for some reason i would be forced to go and play football with all the guys and i hated that i i genuinely hated that and i think because of this uh diwali became a very hectic festival for me which kind of triggered a lot of anxiety a lot of nervousness um but now that i'm you know grown up and i know how to navigate around this um i feel a lot at uh, peace um but i my the younger self had to go through a lot of things during diwali so yeah i think i'm spoiling everyone's diwali by sharing all these experiences <laughs> no i think these are shared experiences like right now while like discussing this with you i just realized both of us have shared this experience uh, you know uh, and i feel like when you start opening up about topics about your life experiences with other queer people you start realizing while growing up all the things that you thought were very different about you and things that you thought were misfits but then there are millions of other people around the world who are get, uh, going through those experiences you just don't know about them and right now i am finding that commonality with you so yeah it's not like we are uh, spoiling anybody's uh, diwali rather we are maybe making somebody feel uh, they belong somewhere yeah exactly and talking about belonging and you know me dividing festivals into family ones and friends um i think uh you know like i i suddenly think about this very beautiful line i learned in the show that we are going to discuss today in an podcast which is that family is at the end of the day uh, made up of people that you love being with uh, maybe biological and may not be biological at all but at the end of the day family is just filled with love and care and you could be getting that from anyone you know even your friends and i think us queer people get to experience all of that and i think on this note let's just jump into talking about the show for the podcast which is pose so let me give a quick synopsis about the show um pose is a 2018 american drama television series about new york uh, new york city's uh, african american and latino lgbtq uh, drag ball culture uh based uh, you know from the 1980s in early 1990s it's also uh, uh inspired by paris is burning the documentary the famous documentary uh which surfaced around 1991 again talking about the similar culture um the show's creators are ryan murphy uh, brad falchuk and steven canals um so the show revolves around a few uh, lead characters one of them is blanca who is a part of house of abundance um run by mother electra 
and then soon she realizes that you know she's much more than that and she needs to move out and start her own house and she starts house of evangelista where she she gives a shelter to um various people from the from the ball culture people who were working in the sex uh, sex work industry uh, people who were really talented dancers but needed a little bit of support and she thought that you know i will become the mother of this house and uh, while other drag uh, drag houses or you know uh, you know like electra's house for instance were very competitive in nature and were all about perfection house of evangelista was more about uh making a family structure and giving everybody the kind of mother and parent that they deserved and helping each and everyone grow in their own spaces and uh, the the show you know revolves around that kind of uh, value system uh we see various other uh, cast members so for instance demon uh you know who is is you know the, the very first story which comes across um we see him getting thrown out of his house because his family realizes that he's queer uh but uh, blanca kinds of gives him shelter over you know under her and uh, encourages uh, his dream of becoming a dancer um and then we see other characters like angel who's actually a sex worker but uh, she joins um house of evangelista and she realizes her dream of becoming a supermodel um and various other smaller characters uh, later we also see mother electra realize you know that okay she needs to soften up a little and you know be a little bit more in tune with her emotions and uh, she joins hands with blanca and house of abundance uh sorry house of evangelista and uh, you know gives more importance to the whole family structure and emotions for each other uh, which i kind of really liked uh, and uh, uh, i i i think that um it, you know this was the only dramatic part which was written and the rest of it was actually picked up from the real uh, ballroom culture and from the documentary paris is burning yeah. um so i i'll comment on that later but jeenu what are your thoughts about the story yes so um, like you mentioned the show is heavily inspired by paris is burning and i hadn't seen paris is burning before i watched pose first and then i went back and watched paris is burning uh one uh, point i i would like to point out like which is a major plot point also in this series is also aids epidemic uh and how it was uh, affecting the lives of queer people and especially people who were marginal uh, marginalized like people of color transgender people and uh, people uh, who really couldn't even seek help that was needed uh and also there was so much stigma attached to even getting tested so uh, all of those things also they have covered in the show so that part i felt like it was very scary to watch uh, i know uh, that topic itself is very scary and very sensitive for a lot of people from the community but still i mean i was getting a lot of anxiety while watching it uh but at the same time it was very important to see how things were at that time when uh 
when uh, the world has kind of you know casted these people aside because they were said to be spreading a disease like uh, even when uh, uh, Damon right that guy's name the first uh, kid that Blanca gets yeah. gets yeah when he gets thrown out of the house uh, one of the things his mother says is uh, you brought a disease into my house whereas he is not really HIV positive he doesn't even he literally just came out to his family but just because he is coming out he, it is already assumed that yeah, he is going to have HIV at some point uh by his family members uh all those things were um i feel like a reflection of a time that we didn't really know uh so that way it was very eye-opening for me and i i really appreciate the series for bringing this forward but again then when i watched paris is burning this topic also gets covered uh at length in paris is burning as well uh and from that point of view this show is uh to some extent just lifted from paris is burning uh but yeah uh at the same time i feel like uh, we should give credit where credit is due so if you are watching pose please do go and check out paris is burning it's uh it's literally like a historical artifact for uh, queer people yeah and also so while you were talking about the whole aids uh, uh epidemic at that point of time people in general uh being really homophobic uh it was also um and you know like th- this is from paris is burning the, the very first line when the documentary starts it says um it it has a character saying that uh, my father told me that you know you're not only gay but you're black and gay which means that you will have to face a lot of hardship and the whole ballroom culture tried to capture that ethos uh tried to give a space to the most marginalized people which were the black and latino lgbtqi people um give a space to them and give them a little bit of home uh and which inspired paris is burning which later inspired pose uh so i really like that kind of narrative coming up um even and like if i see those kind of parallels within india uh so you know for instance hijra community yeah. for that matter where people from you know some of the lowest um uh, you know strata of the society but identifying as queer come together and they try to build a community for each other uh so th- those ca- narratives are really important especially when um in an era you know when uh, queer identity and lgbtq identities are perceived to be only you know the 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 narratives for the privileged ones for the rich ones who have access to a certain media who have access to let's say um english shows right uh, or english books and you know have that kind of literature but what about the kind of exposure and the kind of um, you know the the woke ideas are they even flowing to the lower status of the society and how are they dealing with their identity and uh, giving getting a little bit of sneak peek into uh, ballroom culture or the the hijra culture gives us an idea that they are pretty much aware about their identities and they have formed their own systems yeah. and have formed their own you know care care um functions so that is that that's really inspiring for me honestly um but at the same time there is very little that 
the community uh, could do anything for each other um and uh, paris is burning kind of highlighted a lot about people losing near and dear ones to hiv or just hate crimes yeah um uh, post tried to highlight a few did not try to highlight a few um because at the end of the day it was a mainstream show um so so yeah i i saw all of that coming up and i think at this point i would like to just uh you know break it to everybody listening to the show i'm not a very big fan of pose <laughs> and uh, i had my apprehensions because unlike jinu i had seen paris is burning first and then i watched pose um so while paris is burning is a little slow in unwrapping the stories takes its own time to talk about each house and they cover about four to five houses any which way in their entire documentary i found that uh, pose was just rushing through each one of the stories and uh, they were just trying to you know cut to the chase and like move from one parallel story to another mm-hmm. uh, which uh, i felt was a little unfair uh, to all the stories do you know what do you think because you'd seen pose first and then paris is burning how would you compare the two so um okay while watching pose uh, i didn't feel that way uh, because there was a lot of ground that they had to cover so if sometimes they were rushing things i felt like maybe that was needed because then in, uh, in the later part of the show they would introduce a new topic that was equally more important to be talked about you know so many topics uh, that the show yeah. has covered has have never been talked about in any of the other shows in mainstream industry so uh, when pose is picking up those topics yeah. um i was appreciative of that uh, maybe uh, i was paying more attention to the fact that they were taking those topics up rather than uh, looking at how those topics were presented maybe if that makes sense uh, but yeah that yeah. definitely i appreciated yeah. like for example even uh, in the later part of the first season we found out that uh, electra uh, wanted to get gender confirmation surgery done and for that uh, that also uh, becomes a struggle for her not just financially but the person who is financing her person who is supposed to be her partner uh, the uh, uh, he doesn't want her to take that surgery because yeah. uh, to some extent she is being fetishized uh, for the way she is and uh, when you yeah. get the surgery done then she will be a woman so that fetish aspect uh, goes out of the place and which again i felt like it's such an important topic it's such a uh, such a unique topic that has never been talked about uh, you know uh, even the storyline of yeah. angel and angel uh, getting into a relationship uh, with stan who is a married man who is kind of trying to be the savior for her but at the same time everything comes with limitations and again you keep circling back to the hiv storyline wherein uh, stands find uh, why when she finds out about this affair her first worry is not that her husband is cheating on her her first worry is that okay he she, he is uh, having sex with a transgender woman so uh, does that mean he has hiv now so uh, the first confrontation she has is actually in a clinic where she forces him to get tested uh so all of those topics i felt like were so unique in their nature that um i didn't mind that they were uh 
there was a pace to it because they were covering a lot of ground but now that i have seen paris is burning i get what you are saying i get the so paris is burning yeah. has that lingering feeling to it uh, wherein uh, yeah. you would get very engrossed into that uh, atmosphere you know while watching that documentary you will feel like yeah. you are literally sitting next to that person and just listening and then talk so that intimate feeling you won't get uh, while watching pose so uh, in hindsight now i do feel uh, pose could have done a better job of bringing that aspect uh, forward but at the same time it's a more mainstream show it's a ryan murphy show ryan murphy shows are usually uh, paced yeah. in this uh, this way like uh, i am a very big ryan murphy fan i've watched all of his work so all of his shows are kind of yeah. paced in this similar way true 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 um i i also feel that at some point uh, you know uh, f- from the prospect of reviewing pose uh, we will parallelly also be looking at paris's burning and at this point i would like to highlight how while a lot of us from the queer community find paris's burning as a very important piece of media and content um, there were a lot of them who also criticized paris's burning and said that uh, jenny livingston kind of uh, you know being a cis white woman just came into the scene and tried to capture it from a third person point of view never really relating or never really connecting with those stories just looked at them as an alien and made a very successful film and got all the applause for it but that documentary actually never changed anything for the community people continued suffering people continued dealing with their own problems uh, did not give them the kind of recognition or you know the recognition in a way that uh, would have solved their problems so people had issues with this documentary at that point of time um talking about it uh, now so you know definitely from 1991 to 2018 uh world changed a lot and the community saw a lot of help um but at the same time uh trying to uh you know feature the kind of issues that they felt so for instance uh how you know like you were rightly mentioning the whole fetishization of trans women and that's something that i you know being a trans person identifying as gender non binary i experienced that a lot where people just want to uh, you know uh, maybe uh, kind of abuse the, the 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 fantasy of being with you know a, a non regular person uh, but it's limited to that that particular act and after that you know i'm not a real person and i think those kind of things got highlighted really well uh, but uh, very little about the hate crime for instance yeah um, you know that was something which wasn't really covered in the in the uh, in the main story in pose um but one thing which was an amazing outcome from pose and has become iconic for the gen z's for the for the contemporary times was mother electra yeah and <laughs> that is the kind of personality everyone needed uh yeah absolutely I what are your favorite mother electra moments uh yeah. mother electra's moment um let me just think hmm 
I think uh, so uh, towards the end, uh, Electra becomes a waitress or rather receptionist in a very high-end restaurant. Yeah. And her job is basically uh, uh, reading people uh, who don't really belong to that restaurant and who are trying to get an entry and who are tra- who are trying to be rude with her because just because she's a waitress. And every time somebody tries to pull that with her, she just like reads them down. She just shows them their place exactly where they belong. I love that part of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My favorite Electra moment has to be when the entire gang plans to go and eat out at a fancy restaurant and uh, a white, you know, kind of Karen kind of woman comes to them and says, um, you know, I know that you are a man dressed up as woman. So, and it's not the right place for you. And then Mother Electra gets up and she reads that Karen down to filth. And I live for that moment. I often go on YouTube and I see that and I feel empowered after that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mother Electra has been super empowering. So Adi, do you think you will give this show a booty or a binge? Because you have had some some opinions, let's just say it that way, <laughs> about this show. So would yeah. you give it a booty or a binge? I would give it a booty and I'll tell you, I have uh, seen season one. I have seen season two and I just could not bear season three. So I left it in the middle. So I would definitely give it a booty. Um, but if you're somebody who's watching Pose first and then planning to watch Paris is Burning, then you might just like the show. Fair yeah. enough. Fair what enough. about you, Gino? Um, I would say, first of all, a big binge to uh, Paris is Burning. I personally feel like... Uh, we don't really have such kind of documentation of pure life in India, but we do have it uh, in the form of Paris is Burning from Harlem in New York. I know totally different things, but still, uh, at least to get to see uh, queer culture from that time and how that has affected our lives. Like even RuPaul's Drag Race often, uh, you know, references Paris is Burning while uh, doing the reading challenge in every season. So uh, from that point of view, I feel like everybody should watch it at least once. And then if you are watching Paris is Burning, then I feel like Pose becomes like a soft booty. It's not for casual viewing. Uh, a lot of the parts of this show really stressed me out. So it's definitely not for casual viewing. So a soft booty from me. So that's all from us in this episode. And... Um... I hope that you're liking the kind of content that we are putting out. Uh, Do share your feedback. You can reach us out on Instagram. Just drop us a DM and tell us what you think about our episodes. And for that, you need to follow us. Also follow us on every podcasting platform. We are available on most of them. And uh, just, you know, subscribe and uh, keep a track of when a new podcast would be out. Uh, Till then, take care, stay safe and again, stay happy. 